0: What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 217 of Spinning Thoughts. If you're watching this video on YouTube, give it a like. It really helps. And if you're new here at Spinning Thoughts, make sure you're subscribed with notifications so you never miss any of this free music content. My guest here in episode 217 is Josh Higgins, the owner of Refresh Records, and I've never had a record label on the show as a guest. This is a first. It only took me 217 episodes to get here, but wow, I'm glad to be here. Josh and I talk about building community, him taking a mental health hiatus toward the back end of 2020. We talk about a few upcoming releases, the label's about to drop that he's excited about, I'm excited about, and I think a lot of you are going to be excited about. Josh is into physical media just like me and probably just like a lot of you, so we talk about vinyl, the surge in tapes in the music industry, and really a whole lot more. Without wasting any more time, this is my conversation with Josh Higgins of Refresh Records. I am so excited for my guest here in episode 217. Everybody give a warm, spinning thoughts. Welcome to Josh Higgins from Refresh Records. Josh, what up, man? How are you doing? Good, good. This is, uh, I just tweeted it out today, so I don't know, you know, I know you're paying attention to what I tweet all the time, Josh, but I don't (laughs) know if you saw it just yet, but I admitted, not admitted, I'm, I'm excited at the fact that you are the first person from a record label I've ever had on Spinning Thoughts. We've been on Adobe Radio for almost three years, and yeah. I've been doing this for about four years, and I've had 216 episodes. It took 217 for me to get somebody from a record label, so congratulations. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, I mean, thanks for having me on. I honestly didn't realize that. I know that you've been talking to some of the bands that we work with and everything. So that's how you came on my radar. And I was excited to reach out and connect.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this is a pretty big deal. And I, I figured it was better to not tell you that in advance. I didn't want you to get too nervous, you know, <laughs> about this kind of thing. Um, but, Josh, I'm stoked to have you on. As you mentioned, I mean, there's artists on your label and, and, and affiliated from that. It's a nice web of uh, a community, really, of people. And so, It feels inevitable that you and I were going to talk at some point. You love vinyl. Your background is like my background. (laughs) Uh, So this feels uh, really, really great. Now, before we dive into some of these detailed questions that I've uh, thoughtfully prepared for you. uh, please give uh me and our listeners the quick history lesson i know that you have a bio on your website which you sent me and I'm grateful for that um yeah. and, and look in it you you answer a lot of the questions that i think on the surface anybody would want to know about refresh um, I love the fact that you mentioned that really your first thing in the scene was booking a show at the age of 14 your mom was working the door now that sounds a little unique to me so give me uh give me some more detailed information on where Refresh really came from and kind of where we are here today, like how we got here today.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm like, what, 36 now. And yeah, I started going to shows when I was probably about 12 or 13 because I have an older brother that would take me to hardcore shows around the the Carolinas, which is where we're based out of. And um, by the time I was 14, I was in just a crappy metalcore band and, you know, was friends with people and that whole thing. And so when it came time to like start putting together shows I was like well I can book this I I mean I want to try booking this more like and um I reached out to the local venue which was Tremont Music Hall and um they no longer exist sadly they shut down a few years ago but at the time like uh the woman who ran it was a woman named Penny and she was like hey I'll I'll let you run it um obviously like you can pay for a door person which is like 50 dollars for the show or if you want to bring your own and I was like yeah, i think i could find someone <laughs> and my mom ended up running the door and like it was just us and um a touring band that was dating my girlfriend's older sister at the time and like i remember a few days before that show i ended up getting an email from relapse records being like hey can you add nile to this show and i was like <laughs> wait what <laughs> and, that ended up falling through the last minute, like the drummer broke his foot or something. Like I forget what happened, but they did not play. But we still had a fun show and like it just kind of grew from there where I just kept doing things on like the business side of music. That was the only band I've ever been in. I realized I am not a band person, but I loved like facilitating music and being on the that side of music of like helping out bands. And um, so I did like some little CD distros, you know, started um booking shows and like moved up to Pennsylvania and, and a uh, book shows up there and like helped run a venue with some friends and just a whole bunch of random things. Um, and eventually put out a couple, seven inches, um, with like a Connecticut hardcore band called they and the children and then a local band called, um, uh, hands are the new computers out of, uh, like the wilkes Pennsylvania area. And that was my first record label. That was like 50, years ago I guess and honestly I was just so young and dumb and just did it poorly and like it didn't even last a year before I shut that down and kind of but I loved doing it and I loved being on that side of like putting together music and so the idea just always hung out in the back of my head and um, eventually I moved back to the Carolinas uh, to be near like friends and family that I grew up with and Refresh was kind of just burning a hole in my head for years like we literally registered the business name probably two or three years before i actually like started the record label because i wanted to do it and i just was kind of waiting for like you know stability in life and all that stuff and um that's half the reason why i named it refreshed was this was my second time around of, of doing this and i wanted to do it right from the start this time so we took a very different approach and it's been real fun we we're going on uh six years now and like we started with um, kind of focusing on bands around the Southeast region um, because there's a lot of good music coming out of here, but not a lot of good like representation. And, and um, it's just hard to break out in this area. So we still keep a big focus on bands in this realm, but we are now working with bands up and down the East Coast and like even as far as like Seattle. And we've got like some UK stuff in the works and various other things. So it's it's spread rapidly over the last six years.
0: It's really encouraging to to know that first of all your first experience in the music industry was booking shows and you decided to keep going like that's you know that could be a turnoff (laughs) for a lot of people that's a tough aspect of this you know and a lot of people yeah a lot of people will understand that a whole lot more as we head into this next facet of of life and 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 i can't Give enough credit to the people who are gonna be stepping up right now to help get live music back and yeah. tour. Like that's gonna be kind of insurmountable, it seems like. But yeah. we know it's gonna happen. So kudos there. That's a cool first start. Then, you 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 know you start a label. You know it didn't work out first year. Again, it seems like that could be a good time to call it quits. But you you took that as an opportunity to. You know, like you said, refresh things and and create what is a label that people seem to really be getting into. And I personally just started to catch on to refresh in twenty twenty one as you were kind of coming out of a small hiatus. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I want to talk about that. Uh, You and I, I was asking what topics you would want to discuss on the show. You mentioned uh, taking a mental health break in in twenty twenty. When you said that, I. I I remember, I'm going to pop it up on the screen here. I remember seeing a tweet that you sent out in January of this year where you were saying that you were feeling depressed in 2020 and that 2021 was the complete opposite and that taking a mental health hiatus for the second half of 2020 was the best decision ever running a podcast and a a music outlet that has 10 plus people that contribute and a lot of people that count on us. I feel like the value in that. um, Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. And to be honest, I, you know, it's, um I'm sure it had to be hard, even though it's probably seemed really after a break, like nice to come back. I'm sure it was still tough to come back. So without putting words in your own mouth, Josh, talk to me more about that whole thing.
1: Yeah. So uh, sometime last year, I mean, we were ramping up for probably our, our biggest year, like last year um, ended up being able to work with uh joyful noise records on like a Joan of Arc record, which I've loved Joan of Arc for 20 years now and, was so excited to connect with um Tim Kinsella and and the guys at uh Joyful Noise to do that release and then we also just signed Gnawing and The Insides and they both dropped seven inches literally right at the start of all this and like Downhaul was going into the studio and just like things were going well and we were really ramping up for a big year and then just kind of life just kind of smacked me in the face a little bit and um like never mind the pandemic that was a whole other another facet but I just kind of had like family emergency come up and just some like personal things that kind of hit me real hard and um, yeah around like I guess July of last year I ended up having like my first real panic attack that just like shut me down like I had I went from panic attack and like completely normal one day to overwhelming general anxiety that took me a couple months to work through and when that happened I was like Okay, we we have a good breaking point right now. We don't have any releases that are hard on the schedule. We have bands that are like trying to adjust and figure out how to deal with this pandemic, so we kind of just hit up all the bands and we're like, you know, we're we're happy to do something if if something like if you're really adamant about doing it, but otherwise, I'd really like to push in the next year. And every band that we talked to was completely fine with it. Everybody didn't really—I mean, at the time, nobody knew how to really react to the pandemic anyway, so. Yeah, we took like a mental health break and I was planning on really just like completely disconnecting from the label for the second half of the year for the, you know, through December. But as we went on, funny enough, one of the things that kind of like got me over it was um, uh, so the panic stuff was um really prominent when I was driving because when I first had my panic attack, I was driving at the time. It was like nothing. It wasn't like a car accident or anything. It's just my brain made the association. And so I had to work through that. And um one of the things I kept reading was podcasts are a great thing because they engage your brain more than music. Like you, you don't zone out when you're listening to them. So I started listening to a lot more podcasts last year. And one that actually became one of my favorites was um, the other record labels podcast, which is run by other songs up in Canada. And they were just hosting so many great record labels I loved. And I just kept listening and like, there was a lot of information already knew, but it, it just kind of, um, seeing the different perspectives of other labels and seeing like just like everything about it was honestly just kind of reinvigorating me and like making me excited to get back into things and so yeah we were on a hiatus through the end of the year with like releases but by the end of the year we were just like ready to go and just started i mean we started working with um nicole from hill like a girl and nicole i mean the first thing that they said to us was this album followed a panic attack of like, I think in December of 2019. And when I was reading this description, I was like, this speaks to me. Like (laughs) I don't even need to listen to the album yet to know that this is already going to connect with me. But then it was a fantastic album anyways. And then, yeah, we picked up, uh, started working with bitch seed in that time and totally slow in that time. And just by the time the start of this year um, rolled around, like, honestly, it was a little overwhelming with what we had in the works, but I was, I've been so excited about all of it. And like, in that time, I mean, half of our bands have also been in the studio and working on new stuff. So we just have like, a very busy year, it's definitely going to be our most packed year of releases, but also the most exciting, because it's just a lot of new music and a lot of music from the artists that we have already been working with for the last few years.
0: Absolutely, uh, and and look, this this industry that you and I have chosen to have some part in is absolutely just brutal and crucial yeah. to like like it, it it it's brutal to the mental health. It's brutal to just like your desire to one's desire to not stop because you feel like the second you stop somebody else is still going you know it's
1: yeah absolutely it's
0: it's intense and so uh, i tell you josh it's really nice again just um from being in a different aspect of the industry but to to see that you took a break you focused on yourself and to see the energy that's coming from this now with some amazing artists again hit like a girl was a a recent kind of signee i think heading Mm -hmm. into the new year nicole's killing it um i just i'm so excited about a lot of the releases coming up now Speaking of some of these artists that are on the label, on your website, you mentioned that you don't prescribe to any specific genre and there's no real formula to how your releases go. It almost seems like you've been asked that question a million times. so You (laughs) want to put it out there just to say, hey, um, let's just get this out, out of the way really quick. There's no formula here. I think that that embodies the DIY essence, embracing everyone, not creating boxes. The more I talk to bands, the less they want to talk about genre. Even even though press teams and and social media bios make you put in a genre, the people in bands and those affiliated, they don't want to talk about genre. Because it's not like that. People (laughs) go all over the place in their songs. I listen to albums where it's like, how could you say one genre when you listen yeah. to this album? How could you, right? So there are, though, Josh, labels out there that have a specific few genres that they seem to focus on. Whether they like to admit it or not, you come right out and say <laughs> that that's there's no formula. Talk to me, though, about this approach and really this ethos um, with the label to, to embrace everyone and anyone
1: so that's been something from day one i mean i look at the labels that i love and they are labels like you know merge records joyful noise i keep i mentioned already but like they're one of the labels i look at because i look up to everything they do and i love the formula they have and none of those labels um really have a sound they have artists that they support and the artists are all over the place and sometimes they're just you know whacked out of their minds sounding like you know they might be side projects of a main band that has a sound but then you listen to their side projects and it's just off the wall and like i love that aspect like i love music for the art aspect of it of this is about creating and it's about you know facilitating creativity more than it is about um making something that will sell or or whatever like i'm lucky in that when i'm running this record label it's not my full-time job i do work um you know as a software developer and stuff so i'm I'm lucky that i can kind of support the record label and take more chances and because of that we just didn't want to have a sound from the start now admittedly i will say in the first couple years we were kind of all over the board with the sound and we've had to dial it in some one big reason is that it is hard to build a fan base around no genre um so i've always listened to a lot of the stuff that um we've been putting out like in the emo realm and in the indie uh, rock realm and just kind of that pop punk realm and everything that's the stuff i've been listening to since i was a teenager and so it's the stuff that's rung true and you know we kind of diverge into like some math rocks and post rock some we put out like a hip-hop album we've um, done some like folky some singer songwriter things which is all stuff i love listening to but as we've gotten older we are kind of narrowing a little bit and it's not so much because i don't want to keep working with artists outside of this realm because i do it's because i do want to also create a little continuity so that we can get more people to be excited about. When we introduce a band, they don't have to like do their whole due do, do, do diligence of like, is this something I'm gonna like? That's a hard thing to do when you're running a genre thing, but um, that is still a big part of it. And even if we do kind of start narrowing the sound, I still want like a good 50-50 balance of whatever the hell we wanna put out and then stuff that kind of fits more into a vibe that people can get behind. Um, because that's just how I listen to music too. and yeah i mean that's that's the gist of it and then as far as like actually like the relationships we have band with bands we definitely don't have a formula there we we go into each thing you know looking at what they need i've i've played so many different roles and filled so many shoes depending on the band some bands already have like a full team of everyone like booking agent manager whatever and they don't really need help they literally just need somebody to press some records and help them market them but some bands need a lot more hands-on or or want a lot more hands-on or just come to us with like different ideas and like i'm um i mean obviously i'm a big record nerd so i'm big on the physical medium and like come from a print background where i worked at print shops for a while too so i love things that you can touch so i love the bands that have those like creative ideas that they don't know how to get together like with hit like a girl was a good example and we were coming up with like merch for that album um nicole was like i want to make candies like heart candies (laughs) and various things and like those are the things that i get really excited about because as a fan and a collector like i i get so nerdy when i get those things in the mail and um so yeah it's really just about facilitating the needs of the individual band and that means that every single relationship we get into is a little bit different and that's that's fine with us
0: When I first started Spinning Thoughts about four years ago, I remember talking to bands. And one of the questions I always ask a band that is affiliated to a label, because I played in bands and I never got signed. So to me, I think it's cool as hell still that bands get signed to labels. Like to me, I never was able to accomplish that. So I always ask bands, like, what's the dynamic like? What's it like working with this label? I'll tell you, um, you know, it seems like. Uh, Your approach to working with artists is the correct one, not that there's a right or a wrong way, but from my anecdotal experience, artists seem to like that sovereignty to do what they want and just have a group of people behind them that support who they are, what they are, what they're trying to accomplish, and knowing that it's fluid, you know, because... Release A will be different than release B and C, you know, so I get that vibe from refresh. And, and with that, and you kind of mentioned this uh, leading into another great segue here um, that, you know, yeah, you may, I think that all genres, at some genre, all labels at some point (laughs) have to have some sort of core. To, to mm-hmm. what they do, because like you said, it is difficult to build a fan base. The market is saturated. You There are so yeah. many bands, so many labels, so many podcasts and everything. I feel that pain. It does seem like you're narrowing in a little bit here. And w- what that tells me is, is that you're building a community. When yeah. I think of DIY, the first thing I think of is community. Refresh is part of this larger community, and there seems to be a sub-community within that. I'm really I'm noticing it with like um I see you interacting with like knife punch records, I think, and you know all the bands that are I- intertwined within that. Like I feel it on the social media, and just wait till shows come back and we see it in real <laughs> life. Um, yeah. Talk to me more about the importance because I know that you mentioned to me uh, pre-taping that. Uh, and I'm curious, maybe for you to expand, like you you want to break almost out of this shell, like this introverted mm-hmm. shell and, 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 and kind of embrace community as you head into this refresh of 2021. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, before last year when we took that break, I've always been a kind of behind the scenes guy. Like even when we're booking shows, like every year we do a birthday show and every year our bands are like, hey, you should get out and like address a crowd or something. I'm like, oh, I don't need to like the bands talk for us. Like we don't need to we don't need to be a face in the, that is known for the label and everything. I've always had that approach of just um and it's just because I'm an introvert and I'm you know socially anxious or whatever, but I've never really been like the outward face of a label and I never wanted to be. But then I think I mean part of that was probably just depression that you know I worked through last year, <laughs> but but um coming back to it another big part of just building the community aspect is that you you need, do need to be out there more. You do need to you know show your face and make people understand where you're coming from and what you're about and all those things. And so that is a big focus lately. And that's something that we were starting to do last year, like before the pandemic came. Um, Yeah, we started reaching out to other record labels to do more splits with them. Like we uh, did the Cliff Diver LP with um, Chill Wave and chat a lot with them. They are great people. And I was real excited because we were gonna go to South by Southwest and we had plans to like hang out with them. and. You know, meet up with Cliff Diver, and we had plans to like finally meet like top shelf records, like Kevin from Top Shelf and Jamie from No We Buds, and like all these different people. Where I'm like, all right, we're just, we got to break out of the show. We're just going to like finally go out and be social and like try to, try to actually network and meet people and like, you know, make it more about just a name of a label. Um, And then everything happened and that didn't work, but we didn't take away, like our takeaway from that was still, well, now we just have to do it more online. Like we got to, you know, set up a community and we need to foster a community more. And um, I know recently, like literally two weeks ago, just on a whim, I've been tossing around the idea of starting a Discord for like the last six months. And I finally just bought into it and was like, all right, let's do this and created one. And it's been fun. Like we just, I don't even want it to be about music generally, about like the record label or anything. I just want people to come and talk and enjoy themselves and be safe and know that, you know, there's not going to be somebody saying something stupid or that's just gonna you know cast somebody out of the realm or anything like that like it's a complete safe and open space where people can just hang out and they can share whatever they want um we've got like channels where they can post their own music or what have you um or talk about video games or sports or whatever and that's kind of like we're just really looking to break out of the label like i don't want to be a label that just sells music i want to be a label that is just a fun place to be and i look at labels like chill and like knife punch and other ones like that. And they just are, they care about the community a whole lot. And I I really respect that. And I love what they're doing. And, um, yeah, I wish I had that, that same energy from the start, but we're trying to catch up now and just realize that that is extremely important, especially right now when everything is online.
0: Absolutely. And, And I think, um, you know, spinning thoughts is kind of in that same realm where we are catching up in a lot of ways uh, and try, but it's always been about community, and it's. And yeah. I think that part of that definition of community is listening and learning and evolving and growing. And so it seems like yeah. you're doing that. We're trying to do that here at Spinning Thoughts. So appreciate those vibes. Now, um, Refresh has some upcoming releases that you're really excited mm-hmm. about. I'm familiar with some of these even before I ever even thought about asking you to come on the show. And again, that's why this feels so inevitable. So uh, some of them, including Totally Slow, uh, Downhall's yep. been getting a lot of attention, and yeah. Gnawing. And uh, you and I talked before, I'm um, hoping to get Gnawing on the show because they were yeah. nice <laughs> enough. John was nice enough to reach out um, and, and talk. And and really, anybody listening, just so you know, bands, uh, anybody if I see you have an interest to talk, like Josh didn't even reach out to me. I just saw he tweeted about it. And so I reached out to him. Like, <laughs> If you're into talking about music, just put it out there. You never know who might want to talk. But um, Josh, totally slow, downhaul, and gnawing. This is a great example of that sonic diversity that's affiliated mm-hmm. at Refresh. But there is some continuity, like you said. I think there's a little bit of that punk, a little bit of that yeah. indie, a little bit of grunge that comes in there as well, too. Um, talk to me about these bands their releases and why you're excited about them.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you just said, uh, it is a good example of, I do look at all these bands and I see them as part of the same community, but I don't look at them as the same genre or the same sound, like totally slow. It's just straight punk. They're just, you know, just like a skater punk vibe that I absolutely love. And they've been doing this for years now. I mean, this is their fourth album. Um, They're based here in North Carolina as well. And I've seen them around. They are just always full of energy and just put on a good show um so their album comes out actually in two weeks i guess yeah or maybe three weeks um the first friday of next month and yeah we've got some more singles coming out some more videos they've just been killing it and we've been real excited to start working with them um downhall obviously has been on the label for a minute uh they put out the first album with us and then they put out an ep called uh, tornado season two years ago that was kind of it was funny enough It was supposed to be a bridge between the first album and the second album like there wasn't supposed to be this big gap but then just life happened and pandemic happened and uh but now they're coming up on their second album proof which comes out this friday and it's we're real excited about it because since day one the band has wanted to explore their sound a bit more and they've um they've wanted to record with chris from uh the world is a beautiful place like he did the mixing on the last album and he did the mixing on the EP but they've never actually been able to like go to a studio and track with him and work with him more hands-on so this is the first album where they actually got to sit down with him and because of it like you get a lot more of the the ambiance and the airiness of like world is a beautiful place but it's still very much a a downhaul record that is confusing genre-wise of you know (laughs) thick parts mixed with like some country twang mixed with some I don't even know I mean some emo vibes here and there and just they're a good example of um in one band being a kind of a genre list band. Yep. When we were talking about it with uh with no earbuds, um, we were trying to come up with like a four fans of list and nobody knew what to put down. We're like, they're kind of in their own realm. And yeah, we've heard the same thing from like stereo gum, and I think Brooklyn Vegan both kind of called out. We don't know how to classify them, but uh I think Olivia from No Earbuds nailed it the best when uh she described them as um the twang from Greet Death um or If you're into the musical tastes of um, Justin Sawyer from One Tree Hill, it wasn't even like here's the bands to listen to. It's just like here's the vibe that we're going for with this.
0: You know what? Maybe that's the future. Like that. Yeah, maybe that's the future of uh, FFOs. Right. Instead of giving um, bands, because to be honest, I don't think bands like that that much anymore. Because there's so much baggage that some bands have that they just don't want any. I don't blame anybody for this. By the way, like. I see this in the scene that bands don't like the FFO anymore. They don't want to be yeah. associated for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I didn't mean mean to interrupt, but yeah. The, oh, the, no,
1: by all means. The, that yeah, Early on, I mean, when it came to FFOs early on, I struggled. I would always try to make them myself and then I'd send them to the bands and I'd ultimately offend them in some way. <laughs> so I'm like, you guys can make your own. <laughs> Just send it to me. Same with actually describing genres and subgenres. Some bands are very particular about that. yeah so absolutely oh good (laughs) yeah so downhall's album comes out this friday um or yeah this friday and uh and then gnawing yeah gnawing's in the works um we haven't announced that one yet but i mean i think anybody who follows them online knows that something's in the works and uh they've got a new album that they've been working on that will be coming out next and we're real excited to share that one out and then, I mean, even beyond that, though, we've this year is probably our most planned out and most packed year that we've had yet. Um, I, I'm usually the type that plans, like, maybe six months in advance, and we're at the point now where we're starting to plan, like, a year in advance, and it's kind of mind-boggling to me. <laughs> it's It's a new approach. I mean, when we got Bitch Seat, we signed Bitch Seat and put out their EP, like, in a month, month and a half, maybe, and so this is a very big change you uh, have to plan into 2022
0: at this point oh i bet but it seems like you're doing both um approaches quite well and bitch seats release was one of my favorites so far this year i really they caught me off guard i had never heard of this band before i'd only heard of them because i was looking at you because i was paying attention to hit like a girl you know yeah and um, (laughs) that's how this all kind of happens that's what community is about and so i love that this is coming full circle diving a little bit more uh, maybe personally with you Josh here um, and, yeah. and when I say personally I'm talking about vinyl um, <laughs> I understand that the label pushes really really killer vinyl uh, in particular like I'm looking forward so much to heart racer um, I got yeah. the the transviolet uh, pressing it looks beautiful I will patiently <laughs> wait as long as it takes um, yeah. for that right but you're a vinyl nerd yourself I can see in your background and and you've put that out <laughs> on social media to me Somebody that loves music and loves vinyl and, and all that. It seems almost like a a unique, dare I say, uh, volatile uh, relationship to, to run a label that puts out vinyl and to also be obsessed with vinyl. I would see myself running it into the ground because I would just want all the vinyl for myself. Talk to me on a, uh, maybe a serious uh, note, like how, what is this dynamic like? It, it, do you? Is your obsession, I'm, I'm calling it an obsession because I have one, yeah. is your addiction, your nerd nerdism for vinyl, does that influence how you do things in the vinyl game at refresh at all? Or is oh, it the other way around? Yeah, 100%.
1: <laughs> I mean, it definitely, um, from day one, even when we DIY things, and we still do a lot of DIY pressings, like pretty much all our seven inches, we print covers ourselves, fold covers, like cut all that stuff ourselves. Um, nice. We try to make everything look as if it came from the plant, like no matter how hands-on we are with it. Um, We've done like a bunch of screen printing ourselves uh, with a bunch of our seven inches, some of our like 12 inches and stuff. That's all done in our house, but we try to make sure that like, no matter what we put out, I want the product to look like, you know, secretly put it out or something. Like I want it to be professional and look great. And so not only that, but then um, just taking more, you know, putting more into the releases of, instead of just like a standard jacket and like a standard color or whatever, like we want to, facilitate the bands being able to like make weird things or also like a lot of the bands don't really know what they want or don't really know the capabilities and so you know coming from a collection standpoint i i know what everything can possibly look like because i just dig through my collection and i find something that i think could be a good vibe for them and i just send them a photo of like hey we could do something sort of like this and then tweak it like this way and make it like unique to us and um It has been helpful. Like I remember actually gnawing was another good example of um, the seven inch we put out last year of theirs. They sent me the wild artwork and it's great and it's full of color and it's just like, just weird, like handcrafted painting stuff, but we didn't know what to do with the vinyl. And I was like, I think we need to just buy into that. Like we need to just go crazy with color. So we went with like a real, just a, honestly, what would kind of be ugly in any other scenario, like (laughs) green with like orange bits in it. And it, it would have looked nasty in anything else, but it just looked great against their art. And um, I think being able to just kind of like see what see what it would look like in person by digging through my own collection, then mock it out and send it to the bands of like, hey, let's do this, um, has definitely made it easier to kind of come up with those ideas together.
0: I think it sounds amazing. Like, that's a dream to me is to run a yeah. label, print, press vinyl. Um, I would hope <laughs> that you have, you know, almost every uh release in your collection i certainly, oh, certainly yeah. would do you I'm,
1: I'm also the type that like i usually keep a little bit extra of everything that's sold out because you never know when you'll need it like you never know if somebody's going to be like hey mine never showed up in the mail or you know down the line you just want to do like a giveaway or something so yeah. we usually have you know some save for special scenarios actually funny enough like um young mister was the first album we ever put out and uh it's been sold out for well the colored vinyl sold out four years ago but um the actual whole pressing sold out a couple months back and somebody hit me up and was like hey this is actually the the song that like me and my boyfriend first met and like it was our song and now we're getting married and we'd love to play the vinyl at the wedding and but it's not available anywhere and i was like yeah i can hook you up and like that's the sort of thing where i like i hold these back because i never know when there's going to be a good scenario that i think it's like i want to help you i want to make sure that that we can get you what you need because that's such a special scenario
0: oh that is so nice to hear no joke um uh, uh, earlier today i saw um bad time records uh was was uh yesterday so we're taping on a monday i'm talking yesterday yeah. and a sunday bad time records put out that the owner i don't know their name um i'm just getting into them but i love what they're doing um they were putting out that they were going to just randomly put out a couple, you know, uh, vinyl from their own personal collection of releases from the label like Kill Lincoln. Yeah. I think they play in uh, cat bite uh, and I was looking. I'm like, shit, like I missed out on some of these. Like ha- I love when <laughs> I love when labels do this. It seems like, you know, there is a foresight with with some of you to hold on to a few of these in the event something special would come about. So that's encouraging to know that.
1: Yeah, and actually that idea, again, came from looking at Joyful Noise because every month, like they have like a VIP thing that people can subscribe to and every month they just kind of pull stuff out of their private stash that they know they don't have a use for anymore and they sell it. I mean, they don't mark it up or anything. They just sell it to the people who support them the most that might have wow. missed it the first time around. I that love that. That's kind of where it came from. It was like, I don't really have the means to do like a, a VIP type sale. Like we can't do accounts with our site, but but I can still kind of hold them for scenarios where they might be. You know, better used.
0: That's amazing. I would do the same thing. I love that. Oh man, yeah. I feel like, I feel like we'd be friends if I was in Carolina. Maybe one day. Uh, yeah. Now, Josh, <laughs> pressing and shipping vinyl since the start of COVID, it seems to have been just insanely costly, timely, unpredictable, and it doesn't seem like anything's getting much better in the immediate future. I see a lot of bands still releasing vinyl and saying like, I'm seeing release dates now of october december you know for releases that people are talking about today that maybe they didn't have the luxury or whatever of planning ahead of time right like we're in a weird time um how has refresh been dealing with this adversity uh because i still do see a lot of bands releasing vinyl again it seems like there was some proactivity involved in that um how have you been dealing with this and what do you see the future being like with the vinyl industry
1: Yeah. So that is a fun one because one of the things that when I started this label, one of the things that motivated me was seeing like friends bands working with other labels that would just get delayed on end with no, like no insight. Like these bands, like they would be telling their fans, like, we don't know when this is coming. And like, there'd be pre-orders. And then like six months later you like message the record label and they don't get a response or whatever. And like, I hated that. And it was happening all over the place. So from day one, I never wanted to be a label that, put out a release that they weren't ready to sell on on release day so we always like planned way in advance and um and we've always scheduled that way but uh taking the break last year I didn't I knew that things were delayed I didn't know how delayed they were <laughs> so when it came time to like I mean uh hit like a girl was going to be the first release of the year in March um and when it came time to send that off uh I was like yeah let's just wait till my- uh, till January to send it off, wait till people get back from the holidays, because I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was like, even if it's delayed extra, like we're used to getting turnaround in two months, not, you know, I was like, so it might be three months, who cares? Um, and then we go to send the job and they're like, well, it'll probably be like June. <laughs> <laughs> and And I didn't know what to do because I'm like, I have like four releases before June. (laughs) How am I going to sort that out? So we went through a mad scramble. And it's funny, like when we started talking with Bitch Seed, originally the Bitch Seed EP was going to be like a single-sided EP. We were just going to do like a real small pressing. and, And that's right when we hit those delays and we're like, let's just do a tape. We know we can do a tape. We can put more. We can do a vinyl with the next release. Let's just guess get this out there now and not delay things because i don't like it i don't i don't think anybody likes sitting there and not knowing when things are going to come in and um this is the longest we've ever had a break with this hit like a girl record and i mean even with Downhaul coming out on friday like that one's we're not expecting that till june either um because we literally had to submit like all four jobs at once so right now we are just kind of the releases that we know are going to be on vinyl we're just giving a little bit more lead time and we're we're um kind of reaching around and trying to talk with other places too and see if we can get some things faster um but as far as into the future i do think like our bigger releases we're gonna have to um we are obviously just gonna have to have more lead in time um but i think ultimately like seeing like all the tapes popping up i've always wanted to do more small releases like we used to do some wave cut things um but all the people we've worked with in the past kind of stopped doing that so We've been looking at doing a lot more tape releases because they are fun and like they're easy to put together and like people love them. And so that's one thing is I think we're gonna be just working with more kind of small releases in the meantime too of um artists that we love that you know aren't necessarily at the level of being able to put out vinyl and still make some fun products with them, hopefully and and uh kind of fill in some of the gaps where our bigger releases can go through that process and our smaller releases can go like faster and more streamlined and um i think ultimately it'll slow back down there's so many plants opening up right now like we had one open up in north carolina a couple months ago i know there's been like two more that opened up on the east coast like the the whole pressing side will eventually catch back up And I think the whole like lacquer side is a big hold up right now, but I think eventually that will just kind of come back to normal levels. But I think it's going to be, I mean, well into next year before we start seeing things come back to normal timeframes. So in the meantime, we're just kind of playing it by ear.
0: And you're, you're reading my mind with the tapes element of this conversation. You know, I am a big physical media nerd Mm -hmm. like you, again, in my background, not only is there vinyl, but I'm big into video games, console video games, Nintendo, all that kind of stuff. I love physical media. One physical media I have never, ever gotten into, (laughs) and this is no shade, is tapes. Now, yeah. I don't know if it was because of the year I was born and I was kind of in, in between mediums that were kind of prevalent at the time, but tapes never, <laughs> ever did it for me. And I'm, I mean, I'm slightly embarrassed to say that, like, I really didn't catch this. I don't want to call it a fad or a trend because I feel like that's not giving it justice, but I've just been catching on to this wave of <laughs> uh, tapes in 2021. And I've been getting some, you know, some language that it's because of, vinyl shortages and things like that, that bands have been leading into this. EPs have been on the rise anyways, just because of the attention span and things like that. Yeah. Um. So just to kind of hone in on it, do you, do you think that this surge in tapes, is it because A, I just haven't been paying attention or is there some sort of connection with all of this that tapes really do seem to be surging right now?
1: I think it goes both ways. I think like there's definitely the vinyl thing has definitely pushed it more because with the delays and with minimum pressings, I mean, it is harder. And a lot of people used to just do CDs, but CDs are just, I mean, they're pretty much dead at this point. And so tapes have been more personal. Like it's, I mean, it's almost like uh like a masochist type of relationship where it's like, well, who still has tape decks? Oh, now I got to go find a tape deck. Like, no, nope, like three people still manufacture them. So I got to go find one from like Goodwill or something. And like, it's, it's like a whole effort to actually do this. And then, um, Even then, like you can do, like you can make it more fun, like you can personalize it, you can like paint on them, and you can do whatever. And it's not going to stop the media from working on like a CD or on like vinyl or whatever. And so I think a lot of bands kind of tapped into that side of, well, I can just, you know, duplicate these on our own, and then I can make them unique for our people. And like I can make them more desirable and more fun to own. And, you know, even if they don't sound as good or whatever, like people are just going to want it because. It is just something interesting it's an art piece um so i do think that yeah i think the shortages and the way things have been going lately have led to that but i do think that in general like tapes have been kind of on their way back um probably in a nostalgic kind of manner just like vinyl did yeah and i think they were just leaning that way and again to go back to joyful noise they were kind of quoted as like the first big label that brought tapes back because they were bringing on bands like Deerhoof and whatnot and being like and uh, Joan of Arc and and you know Melvin's or whoever and just saying hey can we like press your back catalog to tape and um, I mean right there like that small box behind me is actually a deer hoof box set of literally every album they've done on tape and that oh. that's how they actually started to get their name out there was to do all these like awesome tape releases for big bands and whatnot and then it just kind of grew and they now you know probably have like 600 700 releases and Vast majority in vinyl, but I think there were kind of some labels that were already tapping into that side and realizing like there's a nostalgic aspect to this that people love and people just, you know, it's more interesting than a CD and it's more accessible than vinyl. And so it's a little bit of both.
0: It is a little scary just from uh, me loving video games and music like I'm talking more in the video game realm. This is a conversation that's been coming up a, a lot lately because PlayStation was talking about removing the PSP and um, Vita stores, digital stores. Yeah. And everybody's like, OK, wait a second. Then how do I get some of these games that literally don't exist physically? Exactly. Uh, and and, and it really has been kind of, like, freaking me out thinking... And now there's even conversations about how gaming consoles and even, like, cartridges from Nintendo have a lifespan, like, with chips in them and batter. Like, I, I mean, I hope I'm still kicking and wanting to play video games in 30 years. Like, that'll be <laughs> awesome if that's the case. But it is kind of crazy to think that like there's a a lifespan to some of this stuff and so i think that like vinyl as you kind of said it um created this this surge and 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 now almost how all things are cyclical like this nostalgia stuff it the tapes are on the trend i can't wait for cds to come back don't get rid of them yet josh because you know they're coming (laughs) back at some point
1: (laughs) i i actually have funny enough i have been seeing people like trading cds more lately i'm like Really? This I'm actually
0: <laughs> I'm starting to see it a little bit too. And funny story, uh uh one of my contributors Dan Boyer, he's up in Canada for us. Just over the weekend he uh he told us that he purchased the new Action Adventure Uh, ep pulling focus and he he messaged us in the in our group chat saying like that he accidentally purchased the cd and not the vinyl and 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 you know (laughs) one part of me was like okay great you're still supporting action adventure but the other part of me was like i'd be pissed you know like i don't have a cd (laughs) player (laughs) so here we are um now josh as we're heading to the 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 end of this episode i really enjoyed talking to you we'll have to do this again um coming full circle at the beginning, I talked to you a little bit about you being 14 years old and booking your first show, and that being kind of the start to where you're at now with Refresh and everything else. Um, we're also seeing, you know, live shows and tours start to come back um, yeah. after a long hiatus, and um, uh, people are nervous about it for a myriad of reasons. and And I think this has to be done right and correctly and safely and um, with an inclusive mind. So, Josh, with your experience from dating all the way back to when you were 14 to now and some, you know, wisdom, uh, what could you share or what ideas would you have to make shows as they're coming back safer and more inclusive?
1: So, uh, funny enough, I mean, coming back over the last 22 years, uh, one of the things that has always inspired me about music is that it Every year it feels better. Like it feels like it's already heading that way. And I, I love the the path that people have been taking. And honestly, I I don't know how much I would really change because I think that everybody has been already looking at it that way. Um, because like when I started going to shows, I mean, I was, you know, one in a hundred male white guys in a crowd of like maybe 10 females and like nobody of color and just like everything was just so narrow and and Yeah, it just wasn't great and I remember like when I first moved back to Charlotte and I started going to shows here I was amazed at how much younger the crowds were, how much more diverse crowds were, how how much more open it's been and I feel like every year it's already getting better. I don't want to say like we need to change things because I really do think that there's a lot of organizations that are focusing on, you know, bringing people of color, and their voices to the front, bringing, you know, LGBT, yeah. LGBTQ um, rights into the forefront of things and just, you know, like lead DIY with the whole focusing on like epilepsy and just, there's been so much focus on mental health lately too. And like, I think all around, everybody is already approaching things that, that way. And I just want to say, keep it up because there have been so many great strides. And I, I feel like it's just getting so much better every year and i i love going to shows in various towns because i love seeing what people do different um as far as safety and everything i mean post COVID, i really hope that people are approaching that differently (laughs) yeah i want to see hand sanitizer everywhere and i want to see masks offered and i want to see you know people thinking about those sorts of things and not trying to you know invade spaces and whatnot that's that's a weird one but (laughs) yeah yeah I don't really have any any advice because i honestly think that i i love the direction that things have gone i think that it's i think it's ultimately getting better every every single
0: year. I really like that perspective because of course there's always room for opportunity and growth and, and and evolution in our scene and in our lives. But I think it's important to also just say that like, Hey, we're heading in a good direction. You know, like it, that we're definitely seeing a change. We're hearing the yeah. voices and it's because of record labels like you with the diversity of artists on your label with a diversity of sonic sound in everything. Um it's really encouraging. 2021, it's been a challenging year so far. I can't believe we're already halfway through it, but I'm really <laughs> excited about this back half of it to see how these shows come about, how record labels yeah. like you push music now that you can support like bands can support new music with a tour. I mean, that's going to change the game back to how it used to be, so yeah. uh, Josh, a lot, a lot of good things hopefully are ahead. I like that perspective about uh, where the 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 scene and community is going. Uh, before we sign off, though, Josh, I can't believe we've been talking for almost uh, forty five minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to add or say about Refresh or anything else before we go?
1: Um, I mean. As I kind of mentioned earlier, we are just trying to connect with people more. Like if you are on Discord, join us on Discord. We just started one up, it's been fun. We've got like a hundred something people on there now, like follow us on Twitter. I'm always, I'm honestly the most transparent I could ever be on on Twitter because it's in my pocket. Um, (laughs) If you like the other sites, follow us there. We're not as active, but we we still like conversing with anyone anywhere we can. So yeah, uh, just say hello.
0: And Josh, you know, I I saw that you followed us on TikTok recently. I believe we gave you a follow back. I am struggling to get that up and running. It is hard. It was one of the things that I love talking to Nicole about was their approach to TikTok. And they have been doing quite well with it and pushing it even more and more. So uh, make sure everybody follows Refresh on TikTok, all the social media. Josh, thanks for being here for episode 217.
1: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it.
0: Once again, I want to thank Josh of Refresh Records for being here in episode 217 of Spinning Thoughts. Go and check them out on all social media and make sure you give all of the bands on their roster a listen because I think a lot of you will enjoy what you hear. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is TheSpinningThoughts.com, and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Comment down below and let me know what bands on Refresh do you like the most, and also comment what other record labels would you want to hear from on Spinning Thoughts. We'll be back again, same time, same place. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love.